that we have a tendency to get comfortable, get settled, and kind of... And then Jesus shows up, party crasher. Takes our nice, comfortable spirituality and just messes it up on us. So we need to place ourselves under the simple teachings of God's Word. And it's... Listen, I'll be honest with you. The reason it's challenging is because we like to be rebels. People seek out comfort and ease in most areas of life, including their faith. As you'll discover today, God knows this and desperately wants you to experience a life greater than the one you'd give yourself. Pastor Daniel shares that as you listen to and follow the simple teachings of Jesus, you'll be amazed by all God has for you. Jesus wants to wreck your comfort so that he can give you something so much better, a deeply meaningful life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Leviticus chapter 8 as he continues his message, Consecration of the Priests. Then in verse 5, And Moses said to the congregation, This is what the Lord commanded to be done. Now, all through the Bible, every time I see these expressions of obedience, I always talk about it, don't I? Because we need to learn how to be obedient to the Lord. Life is messy. Life is hard. And obedience is hard. Right? How many of us feel like Adam and Eve? Like, you can eat of anything you want, but that one tree, don't eat of it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, watch me. Right? We, we have that rebellious streak deep within us where God is saying, look, I want you to love that person. And you're like, well, yeah, not really. Like, you know you're supposed to, but you really, there's that party life. I wonder how far I can push the line. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You guys have experienced this. I'm not the only pagan here in need of salvation. You know? It's like, we're, like, it's like, right as we're told not to do something, we're like, oh, come on, just a little bit. Can I play a little? Please? So, when we see the children of Israel We see Moses, this is what the Lord commanded to be done, and they're doing it. I'm like, right on. That's a great picture, an admonition for us. And brother, sister, listen, just like Moses, you notice Moses said to him, look, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. A good pastor or a good church will never tell you what you want to hear. We'll tell you what God's word says. And I'm here to tell you, if you find a church or a pastor that always says everything and you like all of it, then you're probably not growing there. Because God is challenging. I mean, is Jesus not the most challenging person in the world? Like every time you're like, yeah, okay, I got this Jesus thing down. And then Jesus comes, you're reading the Gospels, and he upsets the apple cart again. Because God realizes that we have a tendency to get comfortable, get settled, and kind of... And then Jesus shows up. Party crasher takes our nice, comfortable spirituality and just messes it up on us. So we need to place ourselves under the simple teachings of God's word. And it's, listen, I'll be honest with you. The reason 
it's challenging is because we like to be rebels. We're hardwired by nature to be rebels. And so when you hear God's pure word, and God says, look, I want you to do that. I want you to love that person. I want you to be a servant. I don't want you to grumble. I don't want you to complain. I don't want you to all these things. And then you find yourself, right? How many times? I I was grumbling today. I was on an airplane. I was tired. And then we hit some turbulence. It was funny. One of the guys from our church was actually captaining that plane. And I was trying to read in the turbulence. And I was like, man, Lord. And the Lord's like, Daniel, do all things without grumbling and complaining. You wouldn't be complaining if you're on the back of a horse-covered wagon trying to read a book. You know, it's like you're in a climate-controlled airplane. They bring you a drink every half hour. It's great. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. So, brothers and sisters, let's be simply obedient. In all those areas where we're not obedient, just say, Lord, forgive me. Change my heart so that I will obey your simplest teachings. Because, you know, listen, the children of Israel, you read the Bible, they get all sorts of stuff wrong. But when you see something like this, Moses like, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. And so they're going to do it that way. And that's a great testimony for us. That simple obedience of the Lord. Now, look at what happens in verse 6. Then Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Now, does anybody else feel a little awkward about that verse? It's a public bath. Like, they're in front of everybody and Moses is there, like, like, like a parent with their kids in the shower. Okay, me, I'm the only one who feels awkward about that. Okay. <laughs> Our pastors here are thinking, praise God, we don't do ordination that way, Pastor Fusco. You know, can you imagine we're up here, we got like water, like. But that's, that's what's going on. Moses brought Aaron, verse 6, and his sons and washed them with water, and he put the tunic on them, girded him with a sash, clothed him with the robe, and put the ephod on him. He girded him with the intricately woven band of the ephod and with it tied the ephod on him. Then he put the breastplate on him and put in the urim and the thummim in the breastplate. He also put the turban on his head, also on the turban, on its front. He put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord had commanded Moses. So notice these steps. First, God gathered the people together right? Then they were washed, a ceremonial washing, and then they were clothed, properly clothed. And again, we've seen all of these different pieces of clothing when we studied the end of the book of Exodus, but don't miss those steps. God calls, God cleanses, and then God reclothes. Didn't we see that in the book of Ephesians? You put off, you be renewed, and then you put on again. That's what God does. He calls us to himself, then he cleanses us with the finished work of Jesus, and then he robes us in the righteousness of Christ to be a priest, to be one of his people. And we see that same thing, those same steps going on. Aaron brings them there, he washes them down, and then he starts to clothe them, put all the different pieces on them, the breastplate, the headgear with the holiness to the Lord plate, all of those things. All of this is going on in front of other people. Now, how cool is that? God is in the process of sanctifying, setting each one of us apart, but he does it publicly. God 
doesn't, like we get saved and then you get spit out perfect. God has you in process in public. And that's why, brothers and sisters, as followers of Jesus, when we fall short of walking worthy of the calling with which we are called, we just simply need to own it. Say, Lord, I'm, say, I'm sorry. When we, when we fall short, when we get in the flesh, when we do something that we know is wrong and someone sees it, we say, you know what? I'm really sorry. God's changing me. He's working on me. Will you pray with me? Pray for me. Because God is setting us apart and reclothing us in Christ in public. Other people see it. They see your warts. They see your mistakes. And the difference between people who follow Jesus and other people is we realize we're in process. The whole gospel begins because we fall short. And we perpetually fall short. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you didn't realize, but you're now realizing how far short you really fell all the time. Right? How many of you look back on other days as you follow Jesus and say, I can't believe I did that? And he, yeah, okay, I'm the only one. You guys are doing great. You guys should be up here teaching. Because yeah. I look back, I'm like, man, I, was, I thought I had it right, and I was so wrong. Because as you walk with the Lord more, you're like, man, I didn't get that right at all. So God is changing us in public. And so be humble as God is doing the work he's doing in your life. Be okay to say, I didn't get that right. Thank God for his grace. Can I have your grace as well? Because we fail, and God is clothing us again in public. Now, of note, of course, is the Urim and the Thummim in verse 8. Literally, the lights and the perfection. Remember I told you when we studied this the first time that I was going to tell you what the Urim and the Thummim was, remember? And what did I tell you it was? Nobody knows. Every time someone comes out and gives you some really cool theory about the Urim and Thummim, don't believe them. Nobody knows. There's a lot of theories, but we shouldn't take people's theories and say that's what they are. We have to be willing to say, I don't know. And listen, I've been reading rabbinical commentaries for a long time, and none of those guys know either. So nobody knows exactly what they were or how they worked. So there's a lot of good theories, and if you like, you can write all the different theories down. You can decide which one you like the best, but that doesn't mean just because that's the one we like the best that that's actually what those things are. We don't really know what they were. We just knew that God used them in a special way to reveal things at special times, but how he did it, the way he used the ermine through them, no one knows. Totally lost to us. Notice what happens then. Verse 10. Also Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. Verse 11, he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times, anointed the altar and all its utensils and the labor in its base to consecrate them. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Then Moses, verse 13, brought Aaron's sons and put tunics on them girded them with sashes and put hats on them as the Lord had commanded Moses. So now notice, so these guys are fully dressed now and then Moses comes out with the special anointing oil and he starts to anoint the tabernacle, the different pieces of furniture and Aaron himself. Now we know that oil is a picture of what in the Bible? The Holy Spirit. 
We know that in later consecration ceremonies, they would literally pour so much oil on Aaron and the priests that it would really flow down their beards. Now, that would be messy, wouldn't it? This anointing oil is signifying these different pieces of furniture. These people are being set apart. They're being, in a way, sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we know, of course, again, us as a kingdom of priests, we know that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We saw that in Ephesians chapter 1, that the Holy Spirit is the seal. It's the down payment. It's the what? The engagement ring of the consummation of God's promise to his people. You think about what an engagement ring is. It's a promissory ring. It's saying, that's going to sit there because I promise to one day make you my bride. That's what an engagement ring does. And so the Holy Spirit functions in the same way, the same way. And so, but notice over and over again, to consecrate them, to consecrate it, to consecrate it. So all this is about, this is being set apart for a specific use. And we've talked about this a lot here. You know, Pastor Bill hit it a lot before then, that we've been set apart by the Lord, not for common use, but for a unique use. Our bodies, consecrated, set apart for the Lord, to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, not just to be involved in whatever. And that identity struggle that we all have, right? Because we used to do these things and then we've been set apart for a specific purpose. We've been consecrated by the Holy Spirit, but yet we still want to kind of drift back in there to the old ways. But again, each time to consecrate, to set apart, to keep it specific for the master's use. Now, verse 14 After the anointing of the Spirit, now look at what happens. And he brought the bull for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull for a sin offering. And Moses killed it. Then he took the blood and put some on the horns of the altar, verse 15, all around with his finger, and purified the altar. And he poured the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. Then he took, verse 16, all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe, attached to the liver and the two kidneys with their fat, and Moses burned them on the altar. But the bull, its hide, its flesh, and its offal, he burned with fire outside the camp as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 18, then he brought the ram as a burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and Moses killed it. Then he sprinkled the blood all around the altar. And he cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burned the head and the pieces and the fat. And he washed the entrails and the legs in water. And Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. It was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet aroma, for an offering made by fire to the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 22. And he brought the second ram, the ram of consecration. Then Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and Moses killed it. Also, he took some of its blood and put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put some of the blood on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet, and Moses sprinkled the blood 
all around the altar. Then he took the fat and the fat tail, all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver, the two kidneys and their fat, and the right thigh. And from the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake, a cake of bread anointed with oil and one wafer, and put them on the fat and on the right thigh. And he put all these in Aaron's hands and his son's hands and waved them as a wave offering before the Lord. Verse 28. Then Moses took them from their hands and burnt them on the altar on the burnt offering. There were consecration offerings for a sweet aroma. That was an offering made by fire to the Lord. And Moses took the breast and waved it as a wave offering before the Lord, it was Moses' part of the ram of consecration as the Lord commanded Moses. Now you notice here, now we have a series of offerings that are made. So think about it. The people, the priests are brought before the people. They're ceremonially washed. They're dressed, right? Then they're anointed with oil. And then you have these series of offerings. You have a sin offering, You have burn offerings. You have wave offerings. So you have a series of offerings that are made first to anoint the furniture and then to anoint Aaron and his sons. So in each one, notice that Aaron and his sons were put their hands on these animals. And that idea was, of course, the the transferring of guilt. That was the idea of it. When they would put hands, they they were symbolically saying, my guilt goes upon this animal. This animal is a substitute for me. Now, again, isn't this the forerunner of our faith in Jesus, right? Because by putting our faith and trust in Jesus, we're saying, Lord, at the cross, you took my sin. You stood in my place for my mistakes. You did that. And because you stood in my place, God accepts that substitutionary atonement. Forgiveness always costs. It always does. And how amazing is it that God would accept a substitute for us? And that substitute, Jesus, didn't do it because he had to. He did it because he wanted to. Think about that for a second. Imagine you have an enormous debt, a credit card debt. A lot of people understand this. You just, enormous, and all of a sudden someone says, look, I just want to bless you. I'm going to pay off that whole debt. That would be pretty profound, wouldn't it? That's exactly what God has done for us, but times it by infinity. The amount of debt that we have because of the way that we live to God, and Jesus said, look, I'm coming for you. I'm going to stand in your place. I'm going to take the punishment that you deserve because you could never bear that punishment. And I'm here to tell you, no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done, Jesus can bear the guilt for all the mistakes that you've made. He can do it. He is powerful enough. He is a sufficient sacrifice. But how many of us, we know that we've been forgiven, but we still won't forgive ourselves? How many of us struggle with unforgiveness of ourselves because of the mistakes that we've made? And I believe God wants to heal that. Because if God has taken our mistakes and separated them as far as us as the east is from the west, 
If God's done that, then why are we still holding on to things that God's already forgotten? Why are we saying, Lord, you can forgive me, but I can't forgive myself? If the almighty God who is perfect in love and justice can forgive you, then you say, Lord, give me the grace to forgive myself. But God accepts a substitute, a sacrifice in their place. So you notice all of these different sacrifices, it gets to the point before we hit the wave offering that not only are these pieces of furniture anointed with blood, but now you get Aaron and his sons. They get blood on the right ear, the right thumb, and the right big toe. Now imagine you're standing there at the tabernacle and this is going on. Can you imagine this? Like Moses dipping his finger in the blood of an animal sacrifice and putting blood on Aaron's ear, on his hands, on his toe. Wouldn't that be nuts to watch that? Like, it sounds almost like a a pagan ritual. But think about the symbolism. Think about the symbolism. Putting blood on the ear. Why? Because of what you're hearing. How much of our lives are impacted by the words that we hear? Words are creative. How many people have grown up with parents who said, you're no good, you're worthless, you're useless, and then you believe it after a while? How many times why gossip and slander are so evil because you don't even know somebody and someone comes, oh, do you know so-and-so? And then when you meet him, you're looking at him a little bit like, huh? We know what that's like, right? Because that's why God hates gossip so much because you say something and now it colors somebody's experience with them. God wants to take that blood and put it on our ears. We need to be careful what we let into our ears. And we need to be careful with what we share. Because what goes into our ears change the way we see the world. And we've been seeing this a lot in Ephesians, right? How the Apostle Paul is very concerned with what we say. So the blood goes on the ears. Because God wants to cleanse what we hear. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel shared that the Old Testament priests were clothed in special garments and anointed with oil to set them apart as God's servants. You learn that just like he did with the priests, the Holy Spirit marks those who follow God today. Pastor Daniel reminded you that you've been set apart for the Lord so he can use you to share his great love with the people in your life as you serve him. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400. 
and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now, don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands, and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel invites you to think about how God's cleansing the priest's hands and feet could apply to you. You'll discover that God wants to transform and purify your entire life. You may be holding on to things that God despises, but he wants all the things that you cling to, all that you do, all the places you go to be avenues to love people and impact them for Jesus. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Cleansing. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.